0: This is episode 16 of the Online Course Guy podcast. I am Jacques Hopkins, the Online Course Guy, and this is the show where we show you how to turn your hobby or passion into a profitable online course. I was able to do just that with the piano, and now, after being an engineer for eight years, I'm proud to say I support my family with the income from my online piano course. I'm also joined by Nate Dotson, as usual, who's hard at work on his own online course. Hey, Nate. Hey, how's it going? It's going. Man, guess what, guess what today is? What? I'm launching a course today.
1: Nuh-uh. Yeah, I am. You're always launching a course though, right? <laughs> I'm always
0: launching a course, yeah. But today is a little bit special in that I'm launching my uh, my course ever Evergreen as I always do. My Piano in 21 Days course gets launched to a new group of people every single day. But it also gets launched to a kind of separate group of people every month and that is... That email, you know, it's 10 a.m. here on a Thursday. I just noticed right before we started recording, that email just got sent out to about 4,500 people that have seen my offer before. And I'm one of them. But they're seeing it again. Oh, you got it. Yep, I'm getting it. I'm going through your relaunch. Did you uh, Did you buy my course yet in the past three minutes? <laughs> <laughs> no, maybe one day. So today we're going to talk about launches today, Nate, and a lot of the things that, that come along with that. Um but before we do, uh, any, anything of note the past week? Nothing
1: too elaborate. No, it's been a great week. I mean, sales have been killer this week. Um, my ads are... Um, I got my conversions working. So I'm starting to run ads now, measuring conversions. I've sold a course, a couple branding packages through the ads. All right. It's almost breaking even at this point, And I haven't done any optimization. So that's pretty exciting. And Google AdWords lady called me and she wants to create a separate campaign and test it against mine, you know, let them both run. So I said, go ahead. It's free. Oh, wow. How about that? Yeah. She said that she's going to opt. She sees a tons of areas I can optimize. And so I'll let both of those run probably. And, uh, and then I'll try and optimize mine myself as well. So that's pretty much what's going on in my world. That's exciting. I wonder if that's just a the service they provide in order to try to get you to spend more money on their platform. Yeah, I'm I, I'm willing to bet that they probably see advertisers that are getting returns, but they're they're close to breaking even. Maybe they want to get them over that hump where they're making a profit, so they'll keep advertising. You know what I mean? Ah, uh, yeah, absolutely. I'm sure. I'm, I'm I'm bet they don't spend. They don't waste their time on every single new person that advertises because some people they just have junk products and they don't. They're not going to go anywhere. But if they see people that have good quality clicks and are getting some sales, they probably are like we need to get him over that hump. So he'll keep spending. That's
0: interesting. Yeah. Keep, keep me posted on that. And that's good news that you're starting to see some results from the AdWords campaigns and your sales cycle is like seven to 14 days. So you're, um, you're not able to see the results from your campaigns immediately. So the money you spend on ads today, you're not going to see the results for that for like a week and a half. And so because your campaigns are so new, that's probably the reason that you're, you're not quite breaking even yet. But in a few few weeks, you probably will be and hopefully exceeding that that threshold of break even and seeing a positive return on investment.
1: And one of my ads is actually like doing a 2x return and then one of them doing nothing.
0: Yeah, so. but your sample size is way too small.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Don't take
0: any action on that yet. I'm not gonna. And that's interesting that somebody uh, reached out to you from from Google, I guess. And I've reached out to their support before just with things and I'm I know when I did, I'm thinking to myself, "Man, they they must love me because I'm spending like seven thousand dollars a month." And then I'm like, "Wait, can you imagine all the advertisers on AdWords? I am nothing. Like, there's there's so many people that are spending millions and millions a month, probably. And I'm talking about like obviously Amazon and places like that, but um, so many business I don't even know about are probably spending millions a month. They Google AdWords
1: cold called you? Yeah, they cold called me. Really? How did they get your information? I don't know. I guess I just must have put it in when I signed up. Yeah. And look, once you get the positive
0: ROI on the AdWords, you know what's really cool you can do next? Is you can literally take your campaigns and export them to like a you know, Microsoft um, CSV file mm-hmm. and import that into Microsoft Bing ads. Oh, cool. And just that's all you got. You export, you import put in a budget, and now you're up and running with an optimized campaign for Bing ads. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, it's super smooth. I couldn't believe how easy it is. The the only bad thing is that Bing ads only has about 20 30% of the market share as AdWords. Um, It's actually a really, really profitable platform for me. And that's, I'm assuming because my audience skews older and so does Bing. But I see over a two ROI uh, on Bing ads, but I'm only able to spend like one or two thousand a month there. I can't spend anymore.
1: Yeah, I have a feeling that'll be a problem I'll, I'll run into, but because I'm not able to spend my maximum right now on AdWords and that's a massive search thing. But I, I imagine if I added in more keywords and stuff like that, I could eventually get hopefully get it up to at least 50 bucks a day.
0: Yeah, and the the, the technical term for that is called market saturation, right? If you just can't spend anymore, um, but there's almost always a way to spend more. You know, in your case, you're just getting started. You haven't even gotten into display ads, remarketing. There's so much more you can can do to to work on hitting that budget if you want to. Yeah. Well, good. I'm glad. Uh, glad things have been going well for you the past week. Um, things are going well on my end as well. I don't, I don't have a lot to report business wise. I still haven't gotten back to my normal schedule. I did work yesterday for like most of the day it was like a 6 or 7 hour work day and it felt great and it felt great because i love what i do uh, but that's about the equivalent of time i've worked in the like past 3 or 4 weeks combined yeah <laughs> you know, i matched that yesterday but let's uh let's talk about launches nate um there was a time if you went to pianoin21days.com you could click on the purchase link in the menu and you could see all the options and you could buy my course. Can you believe that? Yeah, that's crazy. That's old school. That is old school. And I had one of these long form sales pages and uh, that's just, you know, when you start going down this path of selling something online, you just kind of Google around and you try to find resources and and what's working and what people are doing. And, um, you know... Five years ago, and more like ten, fifteen years ago, that's what you did: is you had these long sales letters on on a web page, and it was always available, and that didn't work very well for my business. Mm-hmm. Have you given people the ability to buy just straight from the, the your website?
1: No, I haven't. I mean, I've had a checkout cart that was they could always access, like emails where I said I was launch I had a, a small evergreen kind of thing where they joined my email list, they got pitched my branding package over the course of a couple days, and I just said in the email, I'm going to stop sending you emails about this, but I didn't officially close it, but I've never had a buy now on my website.
0: Yeah, okay. Well, that's that's what I did and I didn't I didn't sell many copies of my course. When I when I would sell a copy, it was like throw a party because it was so rare. And and just I mean, make anytime you make money on the internet is is just a really cool feeling. But it wasn't until you know the first time I heard this concept of a launch was in a podcast I was listening to the Smart Passive Income, it's very popular um, online business podcast with Pat Flynn, and he had a, an online course guru on the show. This was probably three years ago, David Siteman Garland, right? And he was just interviewing him about how he does things and. He, David Seidman Garland, um, he, his claim to fame was he started a show where he interviewed entrepreneurs. Um, he did hundreds of episodes, if not thousands. And eventually, he put a course together on how to interview people based on uh, his experience. And he learned a lot from, the, from, from creating that course. And when, after creating that course... And once he made like a million dollars from it or something, he put together a second course on how to make online courses. and And so he was on this podcast talking about or doing like basically training people on on his training on how to do online courses. And a lot of his um concepts and a lot of what he was talking about on that episode, I now realize come from uh, Jeff Walker and the product launch formula. And the biggest thing is this 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 launch. And these videos, um, and so what you do is you provide massive value in a in a video sequence, um, of three or four videos over the course of you know a week ten days, and after those videos, it's kind of a no brainer for people um, to to go ahead and enroll in your program because they they've learned they've literally learned things from you, and they want to learn more and they want to. They want to complete this learning from you. You give them a little bit and then they want to learn that whole thing. Like for me, I give them some quick ones on the piano, okay, they trust me, um, they've gotten results, they want to They want to f- go on this piano journey and go on it completely with me and not just the beginning. And it's the same for you. I know you've implemented this. You give some just massive value in your pre-launch videos and you don't give away everything, but you give away some really cool stuff. and. If somebody really wants to um, streamline their process of growing their microgreens, selling their microgreens, packaging them up, branding them, all that, if they want that whole complete package, they're not going to get all of that in your pre-launch videos. They're going to get that in your full course, right? Absolutely. So, he was talking about this on this podcast episode. And not only that, but he was very specific on how he he managed the logistics of his launches, and he talked about this concept of an evergreen launch. Because if your if your online course is your business and it is your livelihood, you don't want to just make money from it every time you launch. You know, let's say twice a year, three times a year. Um, and so he what he was talking about is, and this is this is how he set it up. He said, okay, every so you collect email addresses every day. And then, on the following Monday, everybody's wh- whose email address you collected that previous week, they get the first video. And then, on like Wednesday, you send them an email, just like a personal email asking them to reply. And then on the next Friday, you send them video two. And then like Sunday, you send them video three. And then the next Monday is like launch day. And so it's like this two-week cycle for everybody. And he talked about having a virtual assistant get in there um, each week and updating the links and everything to keep it evergreen, right? Because you've got to have a way to, to logistically do that to where if I'm entering a funnel this week, then I get the first video on Monday, no matter what week I enter the funnel, you know? And uh, and so I man I ate that episode up. It was obviously super relevant to me at the time. I was probably selling one, maybe two courses a month, uh, maybe maybe it was more like zero to one at the time. And so I went about uh, creating my pre-launch content. And at the time, man, I I cringe when I see those videos. It was the <laughs> first time I had done it. It was mostly slides, um, which doesn't really work that well with like teaching piano. Um, it was probably more slides and me talking than it was me actually at the keyboard. But it was it was better than what I had. And I I set it up exactly like he, he talked about. I was so I couldn't believe he was saying like exactly like days of the week, how he does it and everything. It was super cool. And I had a virtual assistant, so I was like, this is perfect. And I had her, her updated each week, and I rolled like that for about a year, probably, if not more, and um, there was definitely a you know a big spike in my business, uh, and that's that's kind of what took me to uh, getting to about a thousand dollars a month, which was a cool milestone to reach. Uh, but I was still working full time. This was just like a little bit of extra income for my family.
1: Yeah. So every so, in other words, every week she would just like cr- send it out to the new subscribers as like a broadcast, just rebroadcast them out.
0: It's been a while, Nate. It, I had it all set up in AWeber and. There was um, yeah, I think she would actually go in each week and schedule the emails for the right people, and we would have to update the enrollment page link every time because I wanted to actually expire. people who um who got already got the enrollment is this is the last chance, and then after that, I didn't want them to still be able to access the page uh and that's that's an important component of an of a of a launch period and an evergreen launch specifically you don't i mean you want to make you you don't want to lie about when it's available and when it's not available for for certain people so she did that so it was a, it was a good amount of work probably an hour or two maybe more for the virtual assistant each week so it's still a little bit of a manual process but not for me so that was my first entry into these evergreen Funnels and it was really cool, and I rolled with that for a while. Awesome. And then I discovered something called Deadline Funnel. Deadline Funnel is really, really cool, and I think I discovered this independent of um, of David Simon Garland. However, I he's using it today. Uh, I discovered it just from like the ClickFunnels Facebook group. People would talk about it because ClickFunnels, which is the the kind of the landing page software that that I use, and I know you use it as well, Nate. Um, for like membership site checkout pages all kind of good stuff but we're in this um this Facebook group for ClickFunnels users which has like 80,000 people and ClickFunnels has a quote unquote evergreen timer or something like that but it's not truly evergreen and so there's a lot of conversation in the group about how to make it actually evergreen and ever, anytime it, it ever comes up people are like oh just use deadline funnel yeah and so I started using it and now in, I, I modified uh, what, what I had learned from David Seidman Garland and now you get your own personal launch no matter what day of the week you sign up. If you sign up on a, on a Monday, if you you know opt in on a Monday, then you're gonna get the first video on Wednesday and so on. And if you opt in on Thursday, you're gonna get my first video on Saturday and that's just the way um, the way I've got it set up now and it requires zero intervention from a virtual assistant or myself. And it's completely
1: automated and it works incredibly. Yep. And you're so, you're lowering the gap for some people. Some people are having to wait up to a week to start your launch and some people were getting it right away, but now everyone gets it right away. Yes, that's exactly right. So, And why is it important for people to get it right away instead of doing launches every once in a while? Well, people,
0: when they opt in, they're relatively hot, right? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah, they're excited, you know, but but at the same time, they're not necessarily ready to buy that moment that they opt in either. They need to be nurtured. Yeah. Yeah. So, only like 3% of people, uh, and that's a very general number for all industries, are ready to buy when they first, you know, get get to your page. And that's more of like if somebody's searching for, you know, how to how to sell microgreens, right? They're not necessarily ready to buy a product right in that moment, but like 3% of people are. And so, um, you want to, you know, those are the people that are probably going to buy on like the first day of your launch, but you don't want to have them wait too terribly long. If, if they are ready to buy, but you've got to nurture those other people and convince those other people that what you've got is going to help them. And so that's why we do it like, like this. So I know I've got my, my, my funnel is set up like this now and I've, Kind of exported mine, and we were able to import that into your active campaign account, and uh, and you've got deadline funnel set up, and you've got uh, you've got this rocking and rolling too. And you know you've you mentioned you had a good week last week, and this was all um, just evergreen stuff, new people coming into your funnel. You know how, how do you know about how many course sales you made?
1: Uh, I'm not sure. I think though, with my one PayPal payment, I did like twenty two hundred bucks last week um and just like 3 300 of that i think was recurring payment right. for people on the second month but um yeah that's I, I sold several branding packages and several courses
0: so you're a believer in this evergreen funnel huh oh yeah <laughs> okay good so the next the next thing is like when somebody goes through your funnel your evergreen funnel and they don't buy what do we do with those people do we just forget about them and they didn't buy and they're never going to buy from us Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs>
1: what what do you, I mean what are you doing with those people? And what do you think you should be doing with those people? You have to like get, get them to buy or get them off your list eventually. I mean, that's the goal in the long term, I think. Cuz you're paying, you're paying a, pers- a little bit of money to maintain the person on your email list. It's not much. Um but if you have a dead lead on, if you have someone on there that's not doesn't want to buy at all, they're not interested in what you're selling at all, they're not opening your emails. That's that's reducing like your quality score of your emails you're sending out and making it so it's landing in people's spam and promotions. Uh, so ultimately, you want to make sure your your subscribers are engaged, at least engaged with your free content, um, or they're buying from you, or you want to get them off your list.
0: Well, I would argue that I mean, in my opinion, the the cost of having somebody on your list is so minimal compared to the the potential the potential for them because I've had people from me that have been on my email list for four years you know yeah and maybe maybe they just didn't didn't check that email account for two of those years and if I would have just gotten rid of them because they didn't open an email in two years then I wouldn't have made that sale so that that's just a decision you have to make personally I guess
1: yeah I've been I've been listening to some stuff some podcasts and hearing some people saying that it's really important to do to like parse your list every once in a while to get rid of totally dead leads. Or there's um the the Ryan Levesque, I think's his name something like that. He has the does the ask formula, and um, he has like what he calls a re-nurture campaign where he just kind of starts to get really hardcore. He sends an email that says, "Do you hate me?" <laughs> and it's you know he he has these really kind of outrageous emails that he sends at some point to try and see like are you still interested at all? You're not opening any of my emails if you're not interested at all. At some point, I just have to get rid of you because probably pretty rare that someone doesn't open their emails or check their emails for a long period of time for an account um, but you might have somebody that's opening and looking at your stuff on occasion and then they buy later but people that just aren't opening them at all sometimes it's just they sent them to a weird account or they just don't use that account at all anymore and they're they're lowering your like open your your ability to get good deliverability and stuff like that
0: yeah absolutely so you could you could run like this campaign. And do some pretty hardcore stuff like you're talking about where you um, you do some provocative stuff in the subject line. So, even if they're just like glancing at subjects, do something that's going to make them want to open it. Like, why do you hate me? I love that. And if you have their first name, even better. Yeah. Nate, why do you hate me? <laughs> I'm definitely going to open that email. And then what you can do is after sending a couple of those, if people still are not opening your emails, you can get them off your list. Yeah. But going back to what I was saying, you know, if somebody doesn't buy after going through your evergreen launch funnel, we've got to... We've got to strategically do something with these people to, to make sure that if they are going to buy one day, we can manage that properly. And so what I recommend, you know, what I did at first was I would just move these people off into my like main, um, you know, email list, subscriber list, as opposed to the new people. So I'd ha- I have a new list and then a regular list of people. These are my non-purchasers. And whenever somebody would go through my Evergreen funnel and not buy, I would just move them over to this other list. And then I would just, um based on gut feel, I'd be like, huh, I haven't done a launch to my full list in a while. Let me go ahead and do that this month. And it could be four months, it could be seven months. And I remember doing that uh one time last year in like... Uh, Around a year ago, it might have been August of last year, it had been a while and I'm like, let me do a launch. And I I launched to my list at the time, it was probably four or 5,000 people, I'm not sure. And I did like $6,500, $7,000 and it was my best like single launch I'd ever done by far. I rewarded myself with a new laptop and I was super excited about it. But now everything in my business is way more steady and, and kind of mainstreamed and more evergreen. Uh, as possible, and so what I do now is and, and the one of the problems with that approach, what I did is that you could have people that just went through your launch like a month ago, and I like to to more evenly space out the opportunity because when I say this is only going to be available a couple of times a year I, uh, during the during the evergreen launch and then I launch it again next month, that's weird. Yeah. So what I do now is at the end of my sequence of my evergreen funnel, I divide people up into four groups. And so, for example, we are in August right now. At the end of my funnel, if somebody didn't buy, they will get a tag that will say um, that'll have August in there somewhere. And so let me, I'm opening up my active campaign automation right now. And uh, if anybody's listening, that's like, what the heck is Active Campaign? Well, it's an email autoresponder. It's, uh, it manages all of your contacts and it ma- manages all the emails to contacts. There's a lot of services like that that do this. I've tried a lot of them. Uh, and I think Nate and I are both big fans of, of Active Campaign.
1: Yeah, it automatically sends emails to people that join your list. Right. So at the end,
0: uh, so the people that are going through my funnel right now this month that don't buy... Are going to get a tag that says launch group April, August, December, April, August, December. Um, and then as soon as they get that tag, they're going to get thrown into that other list. And if they, for example, in June, if they went through this in June, um, they would have gotten tagged with launch group February, June, October. Um, so I've got four different tags like that. I've got Janu- Jan- January, May, May, and September, February, June, and October. March, July, November, April, August, and December. And so what that does for me is I'm tagging those people with April, August, December. That way I know not to relaunch to those people again until December. So when December comes around, I'm going to launch to everybody that has this particular tag. And so the people that are getting that launch are anybody that didn't buy in August, so, in December 2017, I'm going to be launching to anybody that didn't buy in August 2017. Also, anybody that didn't buy in April 2017. Also, anybody that didn't buy in December 2016, August 2016, and so on. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah. It was. This was a very hard concept for me to grasp at first. Yeah. Um, so, people might need to back, go backwards and listen to that over a few times. But once you understand it, it it's pretty cool.
0: Yeah, it is pretty cool. And I can, um, if anybody uh, is serious about this stuff, and um, you can just send me an email and I, can, I have a visual representation of this I can, I can share. Uh, but this, this is working really well because there's just so much less confusion. The, when I tell people that it's not going to be available again for several months, it's actually accurate. And um, what I'll do is I'll usually tell people, hey, it's, it'll be available again in about four to six months. Which is which is accurate uh, because if somebody is pitched the course on August 1st, I may not get around to re-pitching it to them um, until the end of December, which is which would be, um, am I doing that Matt? No, that would be closer to five months, wouldn't it?
1: Yeah, four 4 and a half, four, four and three quarter months, yeah. Hey, I'm just a piano teacher. I don't know much about math. <laughs> so, do you always do it at the beginning of the month or you always do it at the end of the month? Man, it's... Doesn't really matter, does it? I don't think it matters at all. Uh, I, I try
0: to think about like when I would like it to happen, especially if I'm gonna have the phone calls turned on, like when I'm, which week this month am I going to want to have more phone calls than normal? I would do it at the
1: beginning of the month because people are getting their disability checks. <laughs> I have I have I have had so many people write me and say, "Can you wait hold off until the 31st when I get my disability check?" Really? I think microgreens are very appealing for people that are living off of like retirement and they're like at home or something. They're disabled. Yeah. It's weird. I mean, if if
0: that's the if that's the if you find that's the case in your business, then you could work that to your advantage and you could just launch your evergreen funnel each month at the beginning of the month, you know, you can definitely tweak it. And that's one of the things I want to talk about, but, um, the, in terms of when in the month, that's just a, whatever, like I have to manually set that up each month. Cause I like to not necessarily send the exact same emails every time I like to freshen it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do reuse the same videos because the same videos are super helpful. And if somebody didn't buy last time, they may not have had a, ch- a chance to even look at the videos because if somebody's going to completely watch all three videos, there's a good chance they're going to buy the program. And so I set it up. Uh, I got a little lazy this month just because I had, you know, my daughter was born on the third of this month. So I didn't set up the automation until last week at some point, And it just... Um, it just launched this morning to about 4500 people and the the rate of sales is is pretty low for that group of people just because they've seen the they've seen the offer before and didn't take you up on it but i i get plenty of sales each and every time and it's definitely worth doing and it's definitely worth keeping these people around absolutely
1: so that this is something that you haven't really implemented yet right I haven't done a relaunch yet, no, but I have um, started tagging people. So, people get those those tri-monthly tags. So, I guess I'll wait. It would be like three months until I do the first one, right? Like three and a half months. Three months until I do the first relaunch. So, that'll probably be coming up here in about two months. So, yeah. Good. Yeah. So, all of this, this evergreen stuff, relaunching to your list
0: every four months... It is more complicated than. I mean, you can set it up simpler, right? So you could. I don't necessarily recommend you just put up a page and people can buy anytime. This concept of launches is super powerful. Um, scarcity um, and and having a time limit, having it. Uh, only available at certain times. It's super powerful stuff, and I, I definitely recommend you you apply the concept of launches. But one thing that that you could do instead of what I'm doing, and and this is something I've been thinking about, and and I think it's somewhere I want to go eventually, is 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 do the launches. You know, couple two three times a year for everybody, and it just is what it is. And that that way, it's a little bit more genuine um but you've got to be financially in a position to be able to do that right so the way we have this stuff set up right now we're we're making money pretty much every day or we have the we have the ability to and that's I, that's important for where where i am in my life and i think for you as well Nate but if uh if i was a little more secure with this stuff and also if i had more courses to offer what i've what I've been thinking about is, hey, what if I had four completely different courses? I could just launch one course a month and just rotate them in and out. You know that's what I'm working towards, yeah, exactly. that's a great way to do it, yeah, or you could just leave them all on you could leave them all on the evergreen, but you know the problem the the biggest problem with the evergreen stuff and the reason you may want to work toward not is just the upkeep and the constant emails you get from people. And if you're more of a batcher, then then you probably wouldn't want to go or stick with the evergreen route for very long.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I hadn't thought of that. That's really good. I could see how if you had if I had four products and they were always evergreen launching, that just the maintenance emails could be a drag. But also if you, if you have all that's those things, you probably get a lot of the same responses because you're doing them over and over and over again. People in the same mindset, so. It's definitely something you could train someone to do like you have pretty much done where yeah, exactly. even if you are a bachelor, you, you're still you're still not having to really do a lot of email, you know.
0: No, I'm not, but it's still a lot it's still a lot of work on my end because I'm getting people on any particular day like today there are people at all points throughout my funnel and and there are people in my evergreen funnel, there are people in my my you know relaunch funnel. And so, I'm getting all these messages from people at all different points. And it takes a second for me to understand where they are in this process, right? Yeah. And and the same goes for the, the my, my girl who does the writing for me. Um, it takes her a second as well. But if you, if you did more um, actual launches, then you know where you are and it's like you can hype up this event and you're getting the responses to emails, um, they're all the same. So I put a new email in to the relaunch sequence this month. That was pretty cool. And well, you saw it because you're on the list. its It was first name, comma, what's your story, question mark. So it's like, Nate, what's your story in the subject? The response rate was insane to that email because people love like talking about themselves, right? And so, it was a really short email. It was just like, hey, look, you've been on my email list for, for a little bit um, and you haven't signed up for my full program. Um, just tell me a little bit about, about yourself, uh, what you're hoping to accomplish on the piano and if you're thinking about enrolling this time. And I've got, I got so many responses to that. But fortunately, they were all within you know, 24, 36 hours. And so, we could just kind of batch it and we knew, we knew the context of where everybody was that was getting that email.
1: It was probably still quite a bit of work though, wasn't it, replying to everyone?
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. And I forgot to prep my my girl for that, uh for what was happening. So she's like, What is this email? And why are there so many of them? Yeah. I was like, Oh yeah, I forgot to tell you about that one. Yeah. Because like I said, people love talking about themselves. So people will people will tell me their whole life story.
1: So you're gonna you're hoping that this just really engages them and kind of makes them think about you more, brings them more into your world. And hopefully, you'll get more sales on this this time around, huh? And if it doesn't work, then probably just skip it, right?
0: Yeah, exactly. I, I've, engagement with people seems to be a very positive thing in my business. So, we can just get the conversation going. If they had any specific questions, like people will say, um, you know, that the reason they haven't enrolled is just because um, they're waiting for the perfect time to get started and, and where they'll have 21 consecutive days. And with my marketing, I mean, I try to be really clear that you don't have to go through it in 21 consecutive days, but that just gets over people's heads. And so, I'm able to have a one-on-one conversation with people like that, that that's not the case and that they still may be a fit for this. And I guess that's really what I'm trying to stir up is if there's any if there's any objections that they have that aren't legitimate that I can help them clear up, you know? Yeah, Absolutely. Cause people are just, they'll, they'll, they'll glance at their email and be like, oh, well this isn't for me and too lazy to unsubscribe, but they're still kind of interested. And so just try to have something compelling that, that piques interest, you know?
1: Absolutely. Another thing I was thinking about that's kind of what you're on online with what you were talking about of doing the more authentic live launches many times a year is a big part of um, like social media is going towards live. A lot of marketers are doing live, a lot of live broadcasts to engage people during their launches and stuff. So that's another tool. Then you can start incorporating if you go to move to a system like that.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. I, I can't really do stuff like that now because everybody is at a different point. I can't, I can't go live on Facebook like, hey, it's launch week because it's it's always launch week or whatever,
1: you know. I think it's good to to have that initial one I'll kind of always be evergreen, like right now, you know. And then, and then, like you said, maybe even their second one. But then maybe after that, then they're you don't have to limit it to just the first one. You know, it could be the first two, or maybe even the first three, and then you move them over to a separate list. When then they're they're just always alive. I completely agree. I think it's
0: uh, I mean, you, in this space, you know, we've always got to be up leveling and, and getting better and. Um, and so, I think this is... You don't want to skip this, this
1: step. This evergreen launch funnel is, is really, really important. Yeah. And live launches, you can get webinars going where people are engaging in the comments. You can answer their questions in the comments. People feel like they're part of a community. Absolutely. Many benefits to, to go in that way as well. Another thing I would, I would say of why you might want to do live launches is if your launch is going to be based around mostly all affiliates. So if you don't have a large email list and but you have a lot of connections in your industry and you're launching a course, uh you have a you, maybe you're a um like one of my friends, she's an aerial fitness lady, she does like pole fitness and stuff. She has a lot of friends, people she knows on Instagram that are um celebrities. They go they come to her gym and they put on little clinics and stuff. She could uh if she's going to do a launch, she doesn't have an email list at all right now, but she's thinking about doing some creating some program. She's going to do affiliates. She probably wants to do focus on live launches, you know, until she builds up that email list. Because then your affiliates can be promoting it while you're doing it. Absolutely. I
0: completely agree. Absolutely. Now, you can still have affiliates for what we're doing. You just um, you just have to have a special opt-in page. And then the when somebody opts in with their email address, that they have to be associated with the affiliate. And then if they end up buying, that's when you pay out to the affiliate. Yeah. That's launches, Nate. That's everything I know about launches. That's the history of of where my stuff is now. Um, Launches are really cool. Any other thoughts on your side on launches? No, not really. I always think of a a big rocket ready to take off. Yeah. I guess that's the point.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I always think of money flying into my wallet.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And hopefully helping a lot of people along the way. Absolutely. Well, cool. It was good catching up with you, as always.
1: And uh, let's see, where can people find you online, Nate? Uh, NateDotson.com is a little weird site to go check out, and MicrogreensFarmer.com.
0: Awesome. And my stuff is PianoIn21Days.com, and of course, TheOnlineCourseGuy.com. Thanks for everyone for tuning in, and we'll talk next week.
1: See you next week.